I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like senior year, spring quarter, just getting ripped away. Like this is supposed to be like, ooh, super fun. You know, young 20s living life. <laughs> it's just like, no, you can't go anywhere where there's other people, you know? Like good luck making new friends and meeting new people, that's gone. That was Nicole Barker, a graduating senior and film studies and production major at the University of Denver, talking about what it's like to be a university student during the pandemic. I'm Carlos Jimenez, an assistant professor in the Media, Film, and Journalism Studies Department, and you are listening to PioCast, which is a podcast meant to amplify voices from the DU and Denver community. In this inaugural episode, we will hear from six University of Denver students about life and education during the global pandemic. Here's Nicole again. If I had known that the last class that I was like actively like president would be the last class that I might ever take, I think it, <laughs> I would have responded a lot differently and felt a lot differently about like getting up and leaving. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's super super sad. I didn't think it would happen, <laughs> but but here we are. COVID brought an abrupt end to our daily routines and ushered in all sorts of uncertainty. On March 13, 2020, the Friday right before finals week, faculty and students were told that final exams would go online and that the spring quarter would also be online. For students living in the dorms, this meant an added layer of anxiety because they were told they had to go. Next, we hear from David Painter, a rising junior in film studies and production major who was in the middle of it all in the Towers dorm at the University of Denver. Oh man, I remember that weekend, like mid-March or whenever it was, when it all came crashing down, like, holy crap, working in a freshman dorm was an, like, absolute nightmare. <laughs> oh man, okay, well, yeah, this is going to be, a, so, we, uh, you know, we, like, once the news kind of started, like, getting out and all that, initially, we had, like, my whole staff, there's 18 of us, we were in Centennial Towers. Um, and we were like, I mean, we have no idea, you know, all the residents slowly started coming faster and faster and being like, are we going to leave? Like, are we going to have classes online? Like all that. And are we coming back for the fall? And, you know, we were not in the loop either. So we were like, we have no idea. And then when the chancellor sent out that icon, you know, the big email that was like, Hey guys, like basically everyone leave. Yeah. GTFO. Um, and then he said in it, he was like, yeah, we're going to be the fresh, the dorms will be issuing boxes so you can box up all your stuff. The HRE and the, the dorms had no idea we were getting boxes. So all of a sudden, as soon, like, I mean, within minutes of that email getting sent out, I get all these texts from, cause I'm in charge of like 20 people on just my floor. So all of a sudden all my residents, Hey, where's the boxes? Like I need to pack up my stuff now, you know, like mass hysteria just automatically got kicked into gear these kids would come down you know in a frantic state of like my flight's in 30 minutes you know and so i would have to go up there with them we have like a check sheet of like is the wall damaged are the beds damaged is the mattress clean and then you check them all off you'd be like okay give me your keys they give us their keys we'd walk them back down and then we had to you know basically say sayonara and then they, could, they either had the, the choice of leaving their stuff in their rooms or taking it all with them. A lot of people left their, just all their boxes packed up in their room and then dipped as fast as they could. Because, you know, you, you never know, like with the airports. I mean, I had a friend who lived in Seattle and Seattle, right, right when it hit, was like the worst spot to go. Yeah, 
So he was like terrified to go back home. Uh, so it was, I mean, dude, that whole, I don't remember the dates even, but that there was like a week of just like wake up, go down to the desk and just do checkouts for as long as you could. And you like for a while, we didn't even know if we were going to get paid for them. Luckily they compensated us for them all. So that was nice. I mean, I don't know of anyone who's living in the dorms other than a couple RA friends. And the only reason that my RA friends are still there is because the Wi-Fi at DU is better than their Wi-Fi at home. So they have to do online classes there. So it was insane. But, you know, after, you know, I think we're, I guess week five just ended, huh? Wow. So it's been, you know, it's been going kind of abnormally quick for a spring quarter, which is crazy. I don't know. It was just crazy. So. I had to, in the midst of helping everyone else pack up, I had to pack up my own stuff, bring it back. Um, and it was just, yeah, that was a really weird, that was a really weird, like that first week being home again, like in the middle of spring break, I was like, what the heck just happened? During the spring quarter, many students found themselves back where they least expected it, home with their parents. Among them, Lisette Zamora Galarza, a rising senior and media studies policy double major, said something that I think we all need to hear, something we need to keep in mind, especially as the coronavirus continues on in the United States and we await a second wave. Every student's experience in this quarantine is so different. Um, you know, like I'm definitely living a different version than some other student would. And I think just learning to be understanding of that because like we're not in the same school like we're not on campus we're not in the same setting and we're not we're not sure what people's like home lives are like so I think just making sure to stay accommodating um for those reasons um I think would be the biggest thing um yeah because this is constantly changing and then just the fact that um, this is taking a toll on students' mental health, like on everyone's mental health in some way, shape, or form. So I think understanding that we're all in this together, that, you know, in some way, shape, or form, everyone's being affected by this and just learning to be more lenient, um, which thankfully I've seen that from professors. And so what is it like to be home? Here's what Jack Hamlin, a junior and emergent digital practices major, had to say. So my actual, the house I grew up in, and through middle school and high school and whatnot, they have since sold and moved into a smaller house. So there's only one extra bedroom. Like, yeah, I mean, it's nice. It's the guest room, but like I had to, my desk at home now. I mean, it used to have like a big old wooden thing, whatever. And now I'm using a foldable table in the corner of my bedroom, like a dining room table chair and it's like oh well this is me now this is what I'm doing and then as of literally yesterday we drove down here it's like six hours came came down and now we're hanging out at the beach everyone's set up their mobile everyone's set up their offices in different rooms I've got my dad and my brother here both, both like all right my office is the kitchen my dad's like all right, okay my office is upstairs I'm like all right my office will be downstairs and we're all just taking turns Running pretty much, you know, have very good Wi-Fi. So, like Jack, Lisette's experience back home was similar, but it was also different. I um, once CU decided to um, just 
tell everyone that, you know, give them the option to either move out or not, I decided it was just best for me to go back home. So we, yeah, we just live in a trailer, but we do have very um, like thin walls. So you could hear everything. Latino parents are a little loud sometimes. My dog is a little loud sometimes, but I think just confront, like figuring how to navigate that. Cause my parents will just like watch TV in the afternoon and then I'll have a meeting going on and then you could hear the TV and then I'll have to go tell them to go turn it down. And then, it, yeah, I mean, it's fun too sometimes. It's funny, I'll have funny stories to say, you know, I, um, I had a presentation in one of my classes the other day and um, my dog was con like, my dog is outside my window and he's, he was constantly barking the whole time. And, I just got so distracted. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't, I can't finish my, I can't finish this. Like my dog is outside. Like I had to go like calm my dog down and then come back and finish my, my presentation. But that was, you know, that was a hassle or my mom break coming in, you know, and you know, she brought me a burrito, which was nice. But like, and then, you know, she went on and said hi to everyone. So like, mom. <laughs> While many of the other students I spoke to had maybe one, two siblings, David was in a family of seven other people. I mean, I have tons of kids in my like house right now. I have a 10-year-old brother, I have a brother who's a freshman in high school, and then I have a sister who's 22. So there's a wide range of, uh, and then another sister who's going to be a senior in high school. So a wide range of people. I mean, both my parents are working from home. So like just the Wi-Fi stuff alone, and then, like, not to mention, you know, one person's done with school, they'll come into my room when I'm in school. Just, like, all that kind of stuff is, like, I think, stuff, like, you have to just realize, like, it's not, you can't just expect everyone to be on Zoom and be focused the whole time. Like, that will not happen. Here's Devon Weigers, a rising junior and film studies and production major, talking about her classroom space and experience at home. It's funny, it kind of changes every day, or just depending on what classes I've had. I kind of have all my textbooks and all my binders just set up on our dining room table. As I've kind of just turned that space into my office. And of course, my parents yell at me for it, but I'm like, hey, like, I don't really have anywhere else to go. But um, sometimes I'll go outside. The weather's been super awesome lately, so it's kind of nice to just sit on the patio and do some work out there. But um, it's ever-changing. It's weird just going to school from your bedroom sometimes. And you're like, I am still in my pajamas and I haven't showered, but. <laughs> in full disclosure, I was one of the lucky few faculty members that was on sabbatical during the spring, which meant I didn't have to teach any classes. And so as a result, I was really interested in doing this project because I, I wanted to know what it was like. I wanted to know what being online learning online was like. Here's Nicole on her experience. For me, I'm not a fan. You know, I, I can't focus online classes. Um, I only have, I guess technically two, but only like one that's synchronous and you like have to participate. There's only like 16 people in there, so it's not even a big class, but the professor will ask a question and then it'll either just be silent because like everyone's like, uh, <laughs> we don't know what to like do or everyone will just start talking at once. So it's like really, really hard to discuss uh, topics. Um, and then as far as like asynchronous classes, 
I mean, they're cool. Could I be doing other things? Yes. Could I not? <laughs> could I could I get this information somewhere else from free? Yeah. I mean, it, it's like reading assignments and then like a discussion board post, you know? And like, yeah, our students' discussion board posts like aren't <laughs> like the best way to um inspire like deeper thinking, you know. So I'm not a fan of online classes. I mean, they do free up a lot of time, but I, I really do miss being there in person, seeing other people, you know, bouncing ideas off each other. So. Like Nicole, Emily Goldberg is also a graduating senior and film studies and production major. She has taken several courses online while she's been at college and really liked them. But she says this time was different. Because like, it was like last summer I was doing other things. Like I was going to the, like the bridge project. I was working, like I was doing a lot of things. And then I would come home, write my discussion board post and be done. And it was like, oh, that's easy enough. Like I would watch movies because I took mostly like film classes. But now it's like write a one, like a 1500 word paper on the history of alcoholism. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like it's, I'm so anxious. Like I'm so anxious to go to work. Like I'm so anxious to like, even like open canvas. It's like, I just think that anything that extensive is so like, it's so difficult to do. And I only have one synchronous class. Well, two technically, but one has 70 people in it. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but I have one synchronous class and it's a narrative. And we pretty much have a guest speaker every day and we just have to interact with the guest speaker, which I think is an interesting way to make it not so boring, but the pressure of having a synchronous class is, like, it's so weird because it's in your house, but you have no freedom. For a while there, I think we were all in the same boat thinking about the future, thinking that it might be online. I think this pandemic has revealed that that is not going to be the case. Jack shares a little bit about the synchronous versus the asynchronous model, revealing his clear preference, I think something that most students would agree with. I don't know. I'm not in any large lecture classes, so I don't really know how that's going for people. But from what I've heard, like, it's definitely nice to have the Zoom, in-person Zoom class and not, like, I think the kids that have their lecture are, like, live and in person have to be on zoom have to have your camera on i think those kids are definitely learning more and having a more traditional type of experience than the people who are like having their teachers like upload their whole lecture and like you can watch it on your own time do everything by sunday or whatever i know personally that would not do well for me because i'd be like what do you mean i gotta i'm not watching a whole lecture bro what are you talking about i'm gonna scrub through this thing and so I don't personally have anything with that, but I have heard that that's what people are doing. Just, I mean, I think in-person Zoom meetings are the way to go if they're like well-planned out and have you have like a rundown of stuff you need to get to and there's not much dilly-dallying going along. I think short and sweet and to the point, and then you can say, I know I have a bunch of teachers do this. They're like, have probably 45 minutes of like lecture talking explaining whatever and they're like okay y'all gonna start working on this i'm gonna hang in here just turn your cameras off like turn your camera back on if you have, if you have a question i think that's the best way to do it i just have three hour like three hour classes there and they last three hours every time 
So I spend six hours on Zoom. And then after that, I need to get back on my computer and then hop on Photoshop. And then, you know, another four hours of staring at my computer. I had to order some blue light glasses because I thought my retinas were taking some serious damage. <sighs> yeah, I'll tell you what, I keep, I keep, because of the uh, like time change that I'm doing, all the like, all the stuff on Canvas is like still, some, some things keep the numbers mountain time and some stuff will like switch it automatically to my time zone. So I keep having, I mean, I keep waking up in the middle of the night because I'm like, I forgot to turn something in or like, this is an hour late, like all this stuff. And I missed, so I missed a Zoom meeting. Like I've had a couple of dreams where, where like, I think I forgot to turn my Zoom camera off and someone's watching me. It's, just, it's a lot of Zoom related creepiness security questions i get i've been having a bunch of weird dreams about that like we're me and my me and my friends were like in the middle of like touring houses to live in next year and we like hadn't picked one yet so we all had to like luckily we group facetimed the one friend who still lived who actually lives in denver and he like had to do it solo he's like i think y'all are gonna like this place we're like, we're like we trust you bro if you if you think it's good we're good like He's like, all right, all right, man, let's sign this lease. And so I've now, I've signed the lease for a house that I've never been in. It's just weird. It was really, it didn't seem, it felt like a movie. From waking life to dream life, the pandemic has forced us into a new normal. Here's Emily on one of the hardest losses facing many graduating seniors. I think the most challenging thing is, uh, well, yeah, I, I used to spend like 80 hours on campus. I don't live on campus. Uh, I think it's been very hard to overachieve via the internet. I don't know how, like, I don't know how to spend my time. And I think it's really dangerous for a lot of people to have this much free time and this much free thought. But one thing that I just keep reverting back to that makes me really upset is graduate. I mean, graduation, like my dad was like crying on the phone about it. I think that's one of the most like things that have come out of it. And I know it's people are actually dying and, but it's, yeah, I don't, I don't fantasize about my wedding day. I fantasize about my graduation day. I think DU has handled it better than I thought DU would handle it, but that I think they could do more to like promote like mental health. Like they should be sending us like counselor emails and all of that, which they have not been. Um, uh, today I got an email for like the emergency fund, which I applied for <laughs> because no one in my family is working except for me and I don't know if I can make my rent alone so um I think that's good but also I could have my tuition back and have money that way as well and so what do these experiences mean what do they mean culturally socially and what do they mean for the future in this last part Devon and Lizette talk about a shift in their own values but also a broader cultural shift I think one of the biggest things that people are kind of realizing is while this is probably the first big pandemic we've experienced as a generation and a society of people, it's definitely not going to be the last one. 
especially since um, cities are getting bigger, populations are growing, there's more people in concentrated spaces. Um, I think there's going to kind of be this mindset of this could happen again and we need to do better things to prepare for it. Um, there was a bunch of news articles that came out recently that were just talking about how they think the virus itself was in the U.S. way before we thought it was. And just kind of anticipating that I think is going to be a new thing on a lot of people's minds. But kind of on a happier note, I think a lot of people are going to stop taking the time they do have with their loved ones and their family friends. They're going to stop taking that for granted just because um, quarantine has definitely affected people in a different way, but so has the virus itself. I've been lucky enough that it hasn't touched my family, but there are plenty of people I know where it has definitely ransacked their life a little bit. I hope things do change. I think that I have very mixed feelings about everything that just how everything has been panned out in this country, how things have been, how, how it's all been managed. You know, I don't think it's been managed very well. I, yeah, I don't think so. I, um, I hope that people can just learn to be more like, like conscious of like, like their hygiene you know, for one, like, I hope that, like, this can change, like, how we look at hygiene and just how cleanliness, wherever we go, um, because before this all happened, we wouldn't have thought twice to clean, like, the carts, the shopping carts, so, like, I hope this continues, it's not just because this was a scare, but, like, I hope some, like, we can take something away from this and just, learn to be more proactive and be more aware that okay we need to be more like clean with everything restaurants you know like I don't know just definitely that aspect and also like climate change we've seen so many good things happen as a result of no one doing anything and being home um, I hope that somehow this can help with that some way shape or form or just see have others see that okay if there's still hope I guess that we could that we could still do something for like our planet and stuff so in that sense more broadly I guess and then like everyone should just be cleaner <laughs> whether we like it or not the pandemic has changed us we see that a different world is possible one that is urging us to think about not only ourselves but to think about those that come after us it is also clear that everyone is going through this differently, with different situations, resources, and experiences. As the fall 2020 quarter begins and a second wave looms, let's remember to be patient, flexible, and kind to one another. And wear a mask. With that, I'll end with wise words Emily heard from her professor during the spring quarter. Something my chemistry teacher keeps saying, she's like, this is just what it looks like now. This is what learning looks like now. And I don't know why it comforts me with so. I guess this is just what it looks like for now. I'd like to thank the Media, Film, and Journalism Studies Department, Ethan Crawford, for letting me borrow every microphone I needed. 
Thanks to undergraduates Emily Goldberg, Nicole Barker, Devin Weigers, Lizette Zamora-Galarza, Jack Hamlin, and David Painter for sharing their time and experiences during week six of the spring quarter, which is literally the week after midterms. In fact, our next episode will be with faculty who were interviewed during that same spring quarter during that same week. If you are a student or an alumni and want to get involved in helping make PioCast possible, email me, carlos.jimenez at du.edu, or message us on Instagram, pio.cast. We're also on Twitter, but no lie, we don't really check it. But hey, hit us up, give us a reason to be on there. All right, till next time.